Welcome to the Knoxville Christian Center podcast, where everybody is somebody and Jesus is Lord. Jesus clearly taught that we must forgive those who have hurt or offended us. Don't have any choice in it. Luke chapter 17, verse 3. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. And the uh, apostles' response really isn't surprising. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, they said, this is going to take a lot of faith. But forgiveness is required. And we, and we do forgive by faith. Sometimes it hurts so bad, you just got to say, Lord, I forgive them by faith. And I'm going to let you take care of the feelings. Can you say, glory to God, hallelujah. In Luke chapter 6, verse 14 For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So is God's forgiveness conditional or unconditional? Those passages show that it is not possible to be forgiven without forgiving. And I didn't write this. Don't take issue with me. If you want to take issue, take it up with the boss. His name is Jesus. He said, Amen. Do you know why America is so full of hate and violence right now? Because people refuse to forgive. They want revenge. Uh, To go to heaven, we must forgive and be forgiven. We must forgive others and be forgiven. And if we want to be forgiven, we have no choice to forgive those who've been mean to us and hurt us, regardless of the reason. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Wow, what a promise. We read that, we get so excited. Oh, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to get... You know, a better paying uh, job, get a promotion. I'm going to believe God for a big house. I'm going to believe God to heal me. Uh, but verse 25. He's very close to 24. <laughs> and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. In other words, if you expect God to answer those prayers, you've got to forgive. It's not a choice. And when you stand praying, if you hold anyone, anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Does this sound serious to you? You see, this makes it clear when we pray, we must forgive. And people say, oh, God, just not answer my prayer. Well, you might want to do a check and see if there's somebody you're holding a grudge against. We must forgive everyone. Now what does the Lord's Prayer say? Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. He puts it uh, in the past as you forgive our debts because we've already forgiven those who've hurt us. We need to forgive. 
<clears throat> Forgiving must be a part of daily prayer. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. What kind of pickle would we be in if God hadn't forgiven us? If he hadn't forgiven me, by now I'm pretty sure I would have been in the devil's hell. Because <laughs> I had uh, demons all over me and in me and I was in all kind of stuff. And uh, my mama had a broom and so she kept me out of trouble, but the trouble was in me. But when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and he forgave me and cleansed me, you may be saying we were still a mess. Yes, but I'm saved. <laughs> and I'm not in jail yet. If I keep preaching the way I'm preaching, I might be, but that's okay. <laughs> Colossians 3.13, bear each other, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you, you may have against one another. What kind of grievance do you have? Forgive it. Let it go. You may have, you may have, uh, forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And as I said, sometimes it's not easy. Those mean old people, I like to rain their neck. And we feel that way about, or at least you have at some point, one honest person on the front row. Normally we don't have anybody on the front row. Now we've got an honest person on the front row. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but you've got to let it go if you want God to bless you. Unforgiveness hurts the one that holds it. The one that holds the grudge. Just let the thing go. If you see that mean old person in traffic, uh, like this, not the other way. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> Does forgiveness mean that we are to allow someone to continue to abuse us? No. Because, well, if I forgive him, I have to let him do it again. No, you don't. Well, my husband beat me up. If I forgive him, I've got to let him move back in and beat me up again. No, you don't. Uh, don't get revenge mixed up with self-defense. Turn the other cheek means I'm not going to seek revenge but it but if you hit me with a hammer and I survive it and I see you coming at me with a hammer again you're not going to hit me a second time somebody say amen I grew up in an abusive home and I'm telling you right now my mama took stuff I felt like she shouldn't have taken but at the same time she did keep the marriage together <laughs> and uh, but God doesn't expect you to just keep taking beating after beating after beating. Amen, preacher. Amen. You don't amen, and amen me, I just amen myself. You see, we forgive what was done in the past. It is not required that we allow them to do it again. Revenge and self-defense is two different things. I'm not going to seek revenge, but I will defend myself and I'll defend my family. Matthew 18, 23, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Now, this is one of the most difficult parables in the Bible, and that's why I almost never preach on it. <laughs> so, boy, you preachers, you preach some hard stuff. Well, it doesn't mean we like it. <laughs> I preach a lot of things. If I could change it, I would change, but I'm not authorized to change the word of God. 
and neither is anyone else. But some preachers change it, but it's illegal before God. Verse 24, as he began to begin the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, that'd be about $10 million in today's dollars, this man was brought to him, verse 25, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children uh, and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. I'll pay back every dime if you just give me some time. Verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's what Jesus did for me. Took pity on me and forgave me of all my sins and set me free. So I'd be free to serve him and live a godly, victorious life. And he expects me to forgive honorary people who mistreat me. <laughs> Amen. See, <clears throat> this debt was too big. The only hope was forgiveness, like my debt, too big. No way I could pay it. You see, our sin debt is bigger than $10 million. The soul that sinneth shall die. That's the sen sentence upon every one of us before we're born again. Your sentence is death. Well, I don't like that. I don't think that's fair. You don't get a say in it. And neither do the secular humanists. The soul that sinneth shall die. Uh, so to have our debt canceled means we live. When he canceled uh, my sin debt, then I get to live. I do not have to pay with my life. This parable is one of the longest, but one of the greatest of all the parables. And some probably say it's one of the hardest. Why is forgiveness referred to as a cancellation of a debt? You see, we have a sin debt we cannot pay. Therefore, we need it forgiven or canceled. And if you're not willing to forgive others, Jesus says, you got a problem. Matthew 18, 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which equals about 20 bucks, 20 dollars. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His, his fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. Just give me a little time. Verse 30, But he refused. You see, he, forget about, he forgot about the big debt he had been forgiven. We need to remember. We need to get up every morning thanking God we're born again, new creations in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? We got problems, but... Our debt's paid. Verse 30. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw uh, what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. How many know there's always a tattletale? 
Okay. If you say anything about the pastor, I, I will know it before the service is over. Okay. Verse 32. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt for you because you begged me to. Shut, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Now Jesus telling this, he's telling it for a purpose. I didn't make this up. Verse 34, in anger his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. When the master discovered that his servant would not forgive, he reversed his decision and decided not to counsel his debt after all. So all of a sudden he owed $10 million. Does that sound good to you? Doesn't sound good to me either. Do you want your debt, sin debt canceled? Forgive everyone. 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 Matthew 8, 35, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless. I didn't say it. You go, well, what about this doctor? What about that doctor? What about this and that and the other? What about the word of God? This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Not just say it, but by faith right here, Lord, I forgive him and I let it go. Help me. Jesus says, if you do not forgive, God will, if we do not forgive, God will treat us the way the king treated this evil servant. He will make us pay our debt. I'm not going to try to explain all that that means. I'm not sure that I do, but I know I do not want to be in that position. Amen. The secular humanists in our universities preach hate against America because of humans who, who participated in the slave trade, slavery, the abuse of Native Americans, and racism. They carry hate and grudges against people including Christopher Columbus and many others that have been dead for hundreds of years. Oh, we hate him. Let's kill him. He's already dead. Let it go. Forgive. Are we going to go to hell hating people who's been dead for hundreds of years? Count me out. <laughs> we got enough to deal with without dealing with hate about people who've been dead for a long time. We need to start where we are and heal this land and do the best we can to love and treat each other the way the Bible tells us to without hating people who've been dead for years and years and years and years. They use this stuff to increase more hate and whip up more hate between us. Their goal is to get us all in the fight so they can have their way. It ain't working with this guy. And they better forgive. They're going to be cooking for a long time. Thank you, Jesus. If you haven't figured out yet, I'm a Bible preacher. And I believe every word. Amen. Let the thing go. You see, these secular humans program young Marxists and riot, rioters and arsonists and anarchists in our streets 
to punish America for the past sins of some of our leaders and citizens. Burn the thing down. My Bible says forgive them and let it go. Now, don't misunderstand. That doesn't mean we let go racism in this country. That means we stand up against and fight it. But carrying a grudge about people that's dead doesn't do any good. Or carrying grudges against people that are alive doesn't do any good. We've got to forgive them and then fix the problem. Amen. These same people abort babies, abuse drugs, carry grudges and hate and rebel against authority. But they want to punish others for the sins they disapprove of. If you say uh, marriage is between a man and a woman, oh, they want to kill you. You're a bigot. You're of the devil. <laughs> and they don't even believe in the devil. These people are full of hate, and they're all over the place in our universities. Our sins are okay, but yours is not. Something wrong with that. You see, can you imagine Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. preaching hate like these people? You know what he said? He said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Can you see him in a protest slapping policemen around and throwing bricks at people? No. These people are not associated with Dr. Martin Luther King at all. And they're making black people look bad. And most of those people doing that are white. Explain that. Hallelujah, glory to God. And be glad you came to church. <laughs> you see, Dr. Martin Luther King, he led a lot of protests, but they were peaceful. He had a purpose. And he was blessed of God and he got it done. The Civil Rights Bill, can you say amen? You know, love might work again. Now, this church is about Black Life Matters. It really is. Can you say amen? amen. Black, Black Life Matters should matter to everyone. But I'm not too sure about that organization. I Googled them this week, and the, the founders were black women, and it says they were thoroughly trained in Marxism. So I've got a little question or two about that group. But if you ask me if Black Lives Matters, the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, we can't get these things mixed up, folks. There's two groups. One cares about black lives. The other has a Marxist agenda. They could care less about black lives. They've hijacked silver, the civil rights movement in order to bring about division in America and wreck this country. And many of them are saying so with their own mouths. All I say is just listen for yourself. And though, then go read the Communist Manifesto, and I've been reading it. And read the Humanist Manifesto, and it will tell you all you know, uh, need to know. Because when you hear them talk, you'll begin to see there's what they're saying right in the Communist Manifesto and, and in the, uh, uh, the Humanist Manifesto. Pay attention to what's going on. These people have their way. They will not bless black people. Amen. John 8, 7. He that is without sin among you, let him cast 
a stone. Let him first cast a stone. Oh, you perfect people, just go ahead and throw a rock. <laughs> Guess how many rocks were thrown? None. Matthew 7, 7. Judge not that you be not judged. Oh, he's a racist. You know, you say stuff like that, you better be able to prove it. Because God's going to hold you responsible because it says judge not. I've been called a racist. By white people. <laughs> well, what's, what's that about? White people calling a white man a racist? I mean, they've got to have some motive for that. Like destroying me, maybe? <laughs> Y'all paying attention yet? Verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Oh, yes, there's races out there. I'm not dumb. I know there are. Uh, but... Uh, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And if it comes to a fight, I'm going to fight for my black brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. You can't say love out of one side of your mouth and out of the other side speak hate. And I'm not done yet. Hang on. Fasten your seatbelt. We need to have seatbelts installed in this church. <clears throat> Verse 3. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? You shacked up with two or three different women or two or three different men. You don't have any right to say anything about anybody else. How can a generation that murders unborn babies condemn a generation that they call racists? Because, listen, because in the eyes of God, both are murderers, and both will spend eternity in lack of fire. So, boy, you're getting bold. Well, the Bible's bold. Preachers not speaking the truth, they're going to answer to God. And I'm far more afraid of him than I am anyone else. 1 John 3.15 Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Hello. Man, you're preaching hard. No, I'm not. I'm just reading the Bible. <laughs> Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him, and I'm not going to try to explain all the crazy Christian doctrines that's floating around, but my Bible says if I have a hate in my heart, I do not have eternal life, and I'm just going to go with the book and make sure there's no hate in me for anybody. You know, my daddy was abusive to my mother. I could have hated him, but I did. I loved him anyway. I forgave him and loved him until he died. And prayed for him every day of my life. You got a choice. You can make a decision to hate or you can make a choice to forgive. And life is a lot better when the grudges are gone. You see, in God's eyes, racial hatred and abortion are both murder. I don't care who you are. You cannot hate people because they're black. You can't hate people because they're Hispanic. You can't hate people because they're white. You can't help hate people because they're Asian. You can't hate people that's abused. You can't hate people for any reason if you plan on going to heaven. Amen. 
who, uh, verse 4, or who can you say, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, and, and look, a plank is in your own eye. <laughs> then verse 5, Jesus says, hypocrite! Well, I mean, why should I be shy? Jesus wasn't. <laughs> he said, you hypocrites! Actually, I'm pretty nice compared to him. He called them whitewashed tombs and all, all kind of things. He said, you're your fathers of the devil, and uh, he's the father of lies. And I mean, he was mean to them. Or should I just say honest? Being honest is not being mean. Somebody say amen. amen. Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye. And then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. A lot of people around condemning people, and the sin in their life is just as bad or worse. Jesus said, you're a hypocrite. You see, to a generation who preaches hate and aborts innocent life and condemns a generation for racism, Jesus says, you're a bunch of hypocrites. You can, racism is hatred. Murder, and it's called murder, and killing unborn babies is murder. Well, I don't like that. Well, if your mother had aborted you, you'd be dead. If she came in here right now with a shotgun and shot you, you'd be dead. What's the difference? She killed you. Amen. I think I just got two or three amens. What a miracle. Whew. Glory to God. That is why they hate Jesus. Because he just looked him in the face and said, hypocrite. The secular humans hate Jesus. They hate you. They hate me. And they would call this message hate speech. But I call what they're saying hate speech. I'm not going to just stand here and grin. I'm, what they're preaching is hate speech. Amen, Baldy. Amen. John 7, 7, the world hates me because I testify that it, testify of it that its works are evil. Jesus said these secular humans hate me because I call what they're doing sin and rebellion and hypocrisy. And they hate me for it. The, the news is he's going to have the last word. The, their judge, my judge, your judge is going to be Jesus Christ. The Bible says plainly he's the judge. And he's going to be judging us from this book. Well, that thing's full of hate speech. You better read it again. <laughs> and line up with it. Because that's the book you're going to be judged by. They hate Jesus because they want to decide what is right and wrong. They actually say that. They say they do not believe in God. They do not believe in the Ten Commandments. do not believe in the Bible. Just... Do what feels good. Do what is right for you. There's no absolutes, no right or wrong. You just make up your own rules. And Jesus says, wrong. <laughs> the one who decides right and wrong is God. They hate Jesus because they want to decide right and wrong. The world hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. But I mean, now, why, now why, does God not, why does God not allow us to seek revenge? Why does he say don't do it? 
You see, the opposite to forgiveness is revenge. If you do, if you do not forgive, eventually you're going to wind up seeking revenge. And it could land you in jail. You just got to obey the Lord. Way back in the uh, Old Testament, I'm amazed what's in the Old Testament law. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Uh, you shall not take revenge. Whoa, that's in the Old Testament law. You shall not take revenge nor bear, bear any grudge against the sons of uh, your people, but you shall love your neighbor. You shall love your white neighbor, your black neighbor, your Hispanic neighbor, your Asian neighbor. Can you say amen? As yourself. That's in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 18, the Old Testament law. Uh, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. In other words, I'm the Lord who's commanding you to live this way. We are forbidden to seek revenge, but trust God for justice. Do you know Jesus promised that he would give us justice if we'd seek him? And as a preacher, I've, I've lived that way. People mistreat me, I just go pray. And pray that God doesn't Go too hard on them. Because I know he's after them. And I know also the shoes on the other foot. If I mistreat somebody, he's looking for me. <laughs> Hello. Luke 18, verse 7, here it is. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Amen. Anybody believe that? So why would you want to try to get even when God's already on it? And you can tell by looking at me, I didn't start yesterday. I look pretty rough for 49. But I look great for 89. And I'm going to tell you right now, I can tell you it doesn't pay to carry a grudge. It benefits nobody, especially not you. And if your enemies knew you hated them and carried a grudge against them, they'd be thrilled because it's hurting you more than it's them. I can't believe how many amens I've got lately. Whew. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Jesus says that if we will pray... With persistence, God will give us justice. Now, notice what it says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? You stay persistent in prayer until God hears and answers that prayer and gives you justice. In Mark chapter 6, verse 19, so Herodias nursed a grudge. Nursing a grudge against anyone, any race will mess you up. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. There it is. She had hate in her heart. Hate's called murder. If we hate somebody, God sees it as murder. You may not have actually murdered him yet, but in your heart you have. And I'm talking to me too. But she was not able to to kill him. Unforgiveness can produce hate or murder. Verse 21, finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders 
and the leading men of Galilee. Verse 22. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. Verse 23. And he promised her with an oath. Whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. And she didn't know what to ask for. Like Dottie said, she already had her cell phone and her iPad and all those things. So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? Now isn't this as evil as evil gets? Ask your daughter for the head of a preacher. How many of you like to have a head of a preacher? And we got somebody in mind. <laughs> she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. Verse 27, so he, King Herod, immediately sent an executioner and with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison and brought the head. You see, if we do not forgive, we're capable of evil. Now, I mean, there's a lot of people wind up killing people, and I'm sure they didn't really mean to, but they just let it stew and stew, and they nursed that grudge until it exploded inside of them, and they did the unthinkable. Murdered another human being. This is what can happen when a person continues to nurse a grudge. It can end in murder. And when it comes to this racial issues... Listen, we've got to forgive each other. And all of us, you know, I know black people have been abused, but some of us white people have had some bad things happen too. <laughs> I had some uh, black girl try to run over my daughter. And as she drove by, she said, uh, uh, she said I do not stop for white people. <laughs> I mean, I've got to forgive that and let that go. Could you say it? I've been called a racist. I've got to forgive that and let it go. Now, I know I haven't been mistreated as bad as some black people. But at the same time, it's all the same thing. Amen. Forgiveness. Amen. And when you forgive, God will bring justice. Amen. He'll bring justice into your little world. Can you say amen? amen? He'll bless you in your little world. Even if, it doesn't, even if, it, if everybody else is not cooperating with God and they're not being blessed. If you will do God's will and God's word, God will bless you. He's obligated to. Can he, says, uh, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him, him day and night? I tell you, bring up justice and quickly. Either he's telling the truth or he's not. Amen. When we forgive, we pass up the chance to get even. God will not bless bitter, angry people. Carrying out bitterness will hinder our prayers and keep us out of heaven. Okay, what your theology is. This says, if I do not forgive, I will not be forgiven. I'm not going to uh, put my eternal soul on some doctrine. I'm going to put my eternal soul on the Word of God. There's a big difference, I said, between revenge and self-defense. Well, if I forgive them, i got to move back in with them and let them beat the daylights out of me. No, you don't. You have every right to protect yourself and defend yourself and get out of that mess. Can you say amen? amen. And I think it's the will of God for you to do so. <laughs> Romans 12, 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Don't seek revenge. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Verse 19. 
Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Leave God a little room. God can do to them what, if you did it, you'd go to jail. Just leave it up to him. And this worked pretty good. As I started to say a while ago, for me all these years, God's always been there fighting for me, protecting me. Had some threatening things just happened this week, and I said, well, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> God's going to nail their eye to the wall. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Do not take revenge, but trust God. The secular humanists want to repay evil for evil and take revenge. This is total rebellion against God and his word. God will bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. We do not have to take their path of seeking revenge and trying to burn things down. If we'll trust God, we need to, like Martin Luther King Jr., we need to do what we can do without violence. For a Christian, forgiveness is not an option. We must forgive if we want our sin debt canceled. Well, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what the book says. Not forgiving others will prevent the blessings we are believing for. When you stand praying, if you believe you can receive, but then it says when you stand, stand praying, forgive. <laughs> Important. Not forgiving others will pre prevent the blessings we are believing for. We forgive because revenge belongs to God. Let's all stand. Now, folks, this is not just an idle word. This is from God. And it applies to us in every way. You may have an ex that you hate. They may hate you. You may have children that you hate or hate you. You gotta let that go. You gotta let that go. You may have some white person been very abusive to you. You gotta let that thing go and trust God to take care of them. Don't misunderstand. You have a right to protect yourself and defend yourself, but you can't seek revenge. Put your right hand over your heart. Pray this prayer, and you mean it. Say, Dear Jesus, I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I really mean this prayer. I open up my heart, Lord, and invite you to come into my life. Come into my life. Change me. Make me the person I was born to be. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right here, right now, and I mean it. Father, with your help, I will live for you and serve you the rest of my life. And by faith, and by faith, I forgive everyone that's ever hurt me or offended me. I let it go right now in the name of Jesus. And just take a moment and love the Lord, especially you folks who are in the room. Lift your hands toward heaven. If you're comfortable doing so, begin to worship God, love on him, begin to adore him, begin to thank him for all the wonderful things he's done. And if there's anything going on in your world, believe God, that God's going to bring justice, that God's going to show up and he's going to fight for you and he's going to defend for you. He's going to make you the head and not the tail as you cry out to him day and night. Come on, Father God, we worship you, we bless you, we praise you, we come boldly into your presence, we pull down every line, every stride, 
stronghold. Devil, you're not suck us in. We're not going to get into your realm. We're not going to allow you to cause us to hate and carry grudges against people for whatever reason. No. Give it up and get out, devil. In the name of Jesus, Jesus said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Lord, we believe you today to keep your people, to give you angels charge over us, to keep us in all of our ways. Be healed, be delivered, be made whole. To God be the glory, be blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for having your perfect way and will in this place. To God be the glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for victory, victory. Come on, folks, let's worship the Lord. Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for victory in the name of Jesus. And we pray for the United States of America. We ask you, Father God, to heal this land. If my people, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Heal this land. Heal this land. In the name of Jesus. As we repent and as we forgive others, we believe, Lord, to heal this land in the name of Jesus. Heal uh, racial injustice. Heal, Father God, hurts and scars that's been inflicted on this land. It's not the, it's not the Constitution, it's the humans. <laughs> and Lord, we believe it to, to heal the humans in the name of Jesus. And cause us to be emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically and socially and financially healthy. To God be the glory in the name of Jesus. Be healed, I tell you. Be healed, be delivered, be made whole. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. In the name of Jesus. Whew, glory to God. How many want to be blessed? Okay. Well, Deuteronomy 28, I like the first part of that chapter. Till it gets down around verse 15, and I don't like it so much. But the first part says, if you obey my voice, hearken to my voice, these blessings will come on thee and never take thee. Doesn't have to like it or dislike it, that's just what it says. And gets down to verse 15, it says, But if you do not hearken to my voice, you do not obey me, these curses will come on thee and overtake thee. And we like the first part better. Amen. See, that's why I pray the first part. <laughs> and I believe if we'll obey God, and don't underestimate this forgiving thing, it's important. I've had people praying for the sick. God would show them, God can't heal you because you've got unforgiveness. And when they would confess it and forgive, God healed them. So don't underestimate this message. It is from God. No room for grudges, unforgiveness, and hate. Thanks for listening to the Knoxville Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe. For more information about our church, visit knoxvillechristianctr.org.